Hey y'all, LeVar Burton here. I'm back with another season of short stories on LeVar Burton Reads starting January 28th. This season you'll meet a vampire dad, satyr wedding crashers, a sentient war robot, and a shape-shifting con man just to name a few characters. In the credits of every episode, you hear me mention the name Julia Marie Smith. She is my producer, and today I have the great pleasure of having Julia Marie Smith, the best in the business, <laughs> on mic. Jules, hi. Hi, LeVar. Uh we thought maybe it would be kind of nice to let people know some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, what goes into the production of an episode, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, what your voices sound like as they're emerging <laughs> and uh, taking shape. <sighs> but first, when you're not here, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what are what have you been doing the last few months? <sighs> well, um, I started way back in the summer thinking about race relations mm -hmm. in America. And I felt very strongly that I just couldn't be silent anymore, that I, I really wanted to weigh in on this conversation that we are having about race in America and the racism that still continues to grip this country. And so I thought long and hard about not just what I wanted to say, but how I wanted to say it. And what I eventually came up with was a series that I call This Is My Story. Um, and it's a series of first-person accounts. The stories are less than three minutes, and they are all experiences, recounted experiences that Black people have all the time. And it, it's sort of a window um, for folks into what it is like being a Black person. In America. Roots was a moment in time when America had a new common understanding, both Black and white America, of who we are and who we are to each other. And I really feel like this is another potential moment like that, a moment where we actually need a little more understanding mm -hmm. of who we are. And who we are to one another. So this is a series that is designed to inform and enlighten. And it's done with simple storytelling. I'm very proud of it. And um, I hope you'll check it out. You can find it on my Twitter feed, uh, at LeVar Burton. And it's also on YouTube. Just search LeVar Burton or This, this is, my story. is My Story. Yeah. I've watch them. They're mm. really incredible. I think the same kind of just intense honesty and truth in being that you bring every day to your life and also to this podcast is that's in this mm. series. Mm. I hope people check them out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know you've worked really hard on them. I have. So people can check that out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Coming up, we have this new season of LeVar Burton Reads. Yep. As always, I think that, we, you know, we, we are dealing with and grappling with some, uh, you know, some very current uh, uh, issues. I think the stories selection this season 
is doing a good job of reflecting some of the things that we are contemplating in our everyday lives outside of the, the fictional lives that we all live. And I, I think in, in the best way, um, fiction can be a, an aid for us in getting through our daily existence. And I'm really proud of the way this season sort of lends itself to that part of our lives. Me too. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. When you sit down and you read the stories mm. that we are looking at, mm -hmm. how do you pick one? Oh, um, that, that actually is a good question. I, I, I go by instinct. It's all how a story makes me feel. If I get excited about the prospect of reading the story aloud, then I know that 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 this is a story that has potential. There's generally something about the writing, the turn of phrase, or the characters, or or what the story says that really gets me excited about wanting to share it with people. As a storyteller, I feel like one of the best parts of my job is is really being an interpreter of a writer's words. So I've got this amazing text, and what I'm trying to do is breathe life into it. And every reading is different. That's why I love recording these and having them for posterity, because it's that story on that day, in that moment, with, with whatever mood I'm in or whatever yeah. is going on in my life. It becomes a part of the expression, a part of the reading. And where characters are concerned in the dialogue that writers write, my real goal is to have it sound like people talking instead of dialogue on a written page. And in order to do that, it, it, it really is a matter of just, uh, I think, just slipping into the skin of the character. I, 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 don't, I can't explain it any better than that. I think my favorite times are when I... I look over at you and it's not you. <laughs> do you remember the time? Do you remember when you recorded uh, Singing on a Star? Yes. Singing on a Star. That was uh, that was the one about the little girl, right? Yes. Ooh. So Singing on a Star, you had to do this voice yeah. that was so specific. This character that right. was so specific yeah. and so creepy yeah. that it was actually difficult <laughs> It was difficult to be in the room because it was not LeVar. It was this other person. Wow. And that's really what you bring every time. And But sometimes I don't mind being in the room with that person. Right. Right. That's fine with me. Right. Other times, I don't really want to be in the room with that wow. person. Wow. Wow. But see, that's that's your great acting. Yeah. Um. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't feel like a compliment, but well, it, it is it, supposed no, it, to it, be. It, 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 it does, and I, 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 I know. I think I know what what it is you're talking about, and and I, I that character definitely stands out because he was so creepy, and and it, again, it was so well written. Um, I also wondered if you might share this voice exercise that I've noticed you doing in the last season ish. What? Uh I can only call it Yoda voice. <laughs> mm, Yoda. Mm, yes. This is mm. what you use sometimes to get into the actual vocal yeah, space yeah. for a someone who has a lower yeah, register absolutely. or a more rumbly voice. Yeah. yeah. Uh mm. but <laughs> 
<laughs> it's new. Yeah, it I is. would say this emerged yeah. in the past season. It's true. Or so. It's true. It's true. The 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 Yoda voice has has uh, has developed. How did you find that that was a useful? I'm always making sounds. Um, warming up is is important. I spend before I come into the studio. I spend the day getting ready for recording, and that means um, you know going to the spa being in the steam room um, and vocalizing. Mm -hmm. And I vocalize in my car all the way here. Um, I sing, I, I do exercises, and it's just some, something that I found. And um, it's he's kind of stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had been trying to find one of your Yodas, and I was like, where, ah, where I, are the Yodas? Did I cut this? Where mm -hmm. is it? He's right here. He's right here. See, but you're becoming the face. Everything changes. He's right here. <laughs> Never far away. But you don't have to take my word for it. Wait, Yoda got a little uh, I know, Irish at the right. end. I, well, see, that's my go-to. <laughs> Every everybody, everybody ends up a sounding little, a, little gets a little Irish. Irish. Yeah, in, yeah, in Lavar Land. Everybody. Does. I don't know why that is. I. It's just. Uh, it's a, I, I had Irish Catholic nuns growing oh, up. Oh, yeah. so they kind of maybe. Oh, they're they're imprinted in 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 my psyche. Sister Mary Phillips saying, "A slip of the tongue is no fault of the mind." Right. Um, there's a lot of Irish in me. It makes so much sense now. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. I, I was educated by by Irish Catholic nuns. Many of them fresh off the boat. I mean serious Irish rogues these women had. And and they had, you know, major impact on my childhood. Well why don't we why don't we um give them a taste yeah. of, of this season. Okay. Really beautifully sound designed by Brendan, yeah. who is our sound designer and editor. And let's take a listen. Yeah. Tideline. Chalcedony wasn't built for crying. She didn't have it in her, not unless her tears were cold, tapered glass droplets annealed by the inferno heat that had crippled her. Such tears as that might slide down her skin over melted sensors to plink unfeeling on the sand. And if they had, she would have scooped them up with all the other battered pretties and added them to the wealth of trash jewels that swung from the nets, reinforcing her battered carapace. They would have called her salvage if there were anyone left to salvage her. But she was the last of the war machines, the three-legged oblate teardrop as big as a main battle tank, two big grabs and one fine manipulator folded like a spider's palps beneath the turreted head that finished her pointed end, her polyceramic armor spiderwebbed like shatterproof glass. Unhelmed by her remote masters, she limped along the beach, dragging one fused limb. She was nearly derelict. The beach was where she met Belvedere. 
Butterfly coquinas, unearthed by retreating breakers, squirmed into wet grit under Chalcedony's trailing limb. One of the rear pair, it was less of a nuisance on packed sand. It worked all right as a pivot, and as long as she stayed off rocks, there were no obstacles to drag it over. As she struggled along the tideline, she became aware of someone watching. She didn't raise her head. Her chassis was equipped with targeting sensors which locked automatically on the ragged figure crouched by a weathered rock. Her optical input was needed to scan the tangle of seaweed and driftwood, styrofoam and sea glass that marked high tide. He watched her all down the beach, but he was unarmed and her algorithms didn't deem him a threat. Just as well. She liked the weird flat-topped sandstone boulder he crouched beside. So there you have it, y'all. Cannot wait for you to hear this season, so tell a friend, make sure you're subscribed, and you'll be good to go for the sixth season of LeVar Burton Reads starting January 28th with me, Julia Marie Smith, the best in the business, Brendan Burns, who knew the kid was so, so talented. We'll see you then, but you don't have to take.